Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast. I'm Frank Days, your host today. Uh, before we jump into the podcast, I wanted to say hello to my co-host today, Roland Smart. Hey, Frank. Thanks for uh, having me aboard again. Looking forward to a great conversation today. We're going to be talking with a guy that I had a chance to meet while working on my forthcoming book, The Agile Marketer. His name is Mike McKinnon. At the time, he was uh, part of a company called ReadyTalk. Um, he's now part of Avaya. Um, and I originally got to reach out to him because uh, ReadyTalk was an Oracle Marketing Cloud partner, which gave me an opportunity to tell a great Oracle story and also tell some stories about the work that uh, Mike did implementing Agile at ReadyTalk. So, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. We're, we're thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thanks, John. It's great to be here. Uh, happy, to, happy to talk. So, Mike, let's kick it off with maybe you can share a little bit about your experience at ReadyTalk implementing Agile. And if you could touch on a method that you've been calling Scrumbon. Yeah, I, I'd be happy to. And it's kind of a, a method that we came up with at ReadyTalk to, and I know other people are using it as well, but it, it fit what we did the best at, at ReadyTalk. Um, so basically what we did at ReadyTalk was we needed a way to knock down silos, to uh, get teams together, and then also to be able to align our daily work activities with organizational objectives. And uh, not only align, but bring visibility to that. So each person that's working in their day-to-day task understands at, at, you know, what they're doing and how that aligns to the overall business objective. So there's no, um, there's no silos, there's no misunderstanding of how does my work contribute to organizational goals, and there's also no breakdowns among the team between asking, you know, what is, what is so-and-so doing and what am I doing and how do they align and when is that going to get done and um, do, they, do I have visibility into this piece? So really what we came up with is kind of a, a combination of, of two things. We have Kanban and Scrum. And really, uh, a Kanban is a continuous optimization or a continuous flow of work. And where you have Scrum, which is really around iterations and, and, and meetings. So we kind of took both together because in a marketing in a marketing organization, you do have a continuous flow of work and you don't have much like a development, unlike a development organization where you have actual starts and stops and you have versions um, coming out and you have black and white stops with, you know, this, this product is coded, it's finished, it now moves to QA. You don't really have that marketing where you have continuous optimization throughout the life cycle of the campaign. You have continuous work coming into you uh, from various departments. And so you don't have a, uh, a, a way, a clear delineation of, okay, we're stopping here and then we're starting new projects going forward. So we kind of came together and we came up with a process that has a little bit of both. So we have, uh, instead of iterations of two weeks, we came up with iterations of a month. Um, and then um, it's a Kanban in that you can continuously add work to your workflow, to your swim lanes throughout that month all the time. It's not locked. Because typically in a Scrum environment, you'll sit down during your iteration period and you'll map out everything that's going to get done. And if something comes up, it's, it's really uh, structured and, and, and often hard to get that into the process because you're already maxed, um, you already have your burn down rate, um, and you already have your hours taken out by, the, by the, the job set that you defined at the beginning of that month. And that doesn't really work for marketing. So we came up with what we you know, euphemistically call uh, Scrumbon, and that's kind of where we ended up, where we do have monthly, we fluctuated quite a bit. 
sometimes monthly, sometimes quarterly, uh, but we kind of settled on monthly, a monthly meeting where we generally map out what needs to be done high level, but we're not, we're not filling our hours, we're not maxing our, our burn, maximizing, maxing our burn rate, because we need kind of a Kanban flow where you can continually add work to your swim lane. Um, and then with the with the actual scrum bond, you can see where that work's being bumped around. So, hey, Mike, one of the key elements of a Kanban is, is the idea of pulling work into the thing rather than pushing work out. How do you guys handle the sizing dilemma of, say, I pull a task of a certain size, and this is a, I don't know, I joke with one of my colleagues that I read the section on Roland's book about your story, and I said, hey, that's me. That's what we do. <laughs> and I'm not very dogmatic about Agile. We definitely, each month, we do one month sprints and in that block of time there's constantly stuff getting pulled in and how do you deal with the idea that sometimes tasks are big and sometimes they're small and the things that you pull in and push out may not necessarily be the same size that's a really good question you know that's kind of the life of marketing so yeah um, you use the word dogmatic and you can't really be dogmatic about scrum or kanban when you're in marketing because it's such a fluid department and you have so many different demands being pushed on you um, so you, really what we would do is um, it brought visibility to projects and priorities so if we had a project and i'll just give a working example if we had a project project came in, say, um, our CEO came to us and said, hey, you know, I need project A done. It trumps all other projects. And, you know, when your CEO comes to you, that's, you need to do that. So what we would do is we would bring the CEO over to the board and show him what is being bumped and why. Um, and then it becomes a discussion on, okay, this project is 20 hours we're going to need to bump 20 hours out of here. And it's not always aligned. You know, maybe you're bumping 30 because you don't have an exact 20 to bump out. And then what you do is you bring the, the person that you're bumping out. You bring that owner over to the board. Um, and you bring a discussion up. And you have the CEO and that other owner talk about priorities and what's important. And typically... In that instance, the CEO is going to win that conversation, but typically that's the process you'll go through, okay. and you and you make everyone understand that you know what you're bringing in is not always pushing out what's the same size. You might be pushing out something greater than what you're bringing in, so you're leaving a gap, and that's just the way sometimes it happens. Yeah, you, you're this example you just shared speaks to the importance of being an advocate for what you have on the Kanban board, right? So I'm curious, like, what makes a good advocate for you? We typically served as me, as the, I guess you could call it the scrum master. But again, we're not dogmatic about roles. And, but typically, I would be the one coming over as the high-level director, uh, bringing visibility to that, to that board and saying, okay, here's our board, here's the projects we have, now it's up to you to decide what's going to be bumped, Mr. CEO or Mrs. Mm -hmm. CEO. And, and let's have a discussion around that as to why you feel this should be bumped as opposed to what you're doing that is more important than these five things that you're bumping. I love the idea of just having a merit-based conversation and maybe what you're saying is that it's, it's less about the, how compelling the individual advocating is and more about just the, the fundamentals of the value of what's being delivered. And if you can make it a more merit-based conversation, that, that seems like a, a major plus. Yeah, and that, that's correct. Merit, Merit-based is a great way to put it. So what, what is more important about your project other than that you're, again, going back to the CEO example, I know I'm, I'm speaking in hyperbole here, but going back to that CEO example, you know, what's more important about your topic other than that you're the CEO? Why should we push this campaign that has been set to launch for you know, four weeks? Why should we push that? Because you need a PowerPoint deck 
done um, tomorrow. Speaking in experience, that's actually a pretty pretty good anecdote from my world. I have to say, I don't. I can tell you how many times a request to update the sales deck, master sales deck, comes in and bumps something we're trying to do in marketing. Yeah. So, so in that in that example, you're using your is your CEO the product owner, or is just the CEO the CEO? Um, I'm just yeah, I'm just using an example. So the CEO is just the CEO in this example, and he has his pet project to come along. And and typically, it's something like you know, in my you know, speaking from experience, and in my estimation, this happened quite often. It was I have a seminar to attend, I have a speech to give tomorrow, um, and I totally forgot about it. And now I need you to write this slide deck for me. Oh, okay, let's bring it over to the Kanban board and see what you're gonna. Bump. So typically in that example, we're going to have to write the slide deck anyways. But really what you're doing is you're bringing visibility to the disruption that the CEO is bringing or that person is bringing to your actual flow. Um, and then you bring the other person that you're bumping off up and say, okay, you know, because of this, you know, we're now putting your project into the next next iteration or won't be done till next week. Um, and then you kind of let them look at each other and give the stare down and, and come to an agreement that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> but it's just really bringing visibility to that. In this example, in your example, you use your Scrum bond board is, is actually you know, post-it notes, or not post-it notes, but maybe note cards that are tacked onto the wall or tacked onto a cork board? Yeah, correct. We actually use the dry erase board, and we put sticky notes okay. all over it. Sticky notes all over it. Um, we, we use sticky notes, uh, postcards, and then big, bigger sheets of paper, 8 by 11, for the different sizing of the, the tasks. So do you, do you advocate a specific brand of sticky notes so they stay stuck to your... <laughs> Or do you have the problem that I've had in the past with sticky notes where they fall off the wall? They're constantly falling off. Yeah, There's a big problem. And the trees weep. I can hear the forest weeping every time we're uh, putting up sticky notes on the boards. Excellent. <laughs> so. Excellent. Yeah, so I, and I think, you know, speaking for myself, I, I manage a distributed team. I think though it's not ideal, we've cer certainly had success bringing that board into the digital realm. You know, we, we use some tools my team uses asana but there are lots of i think interesting tools in the market some i don't know if there's one that i would describe as a, a scrum bond tool but who knows maybe that's uh maybe that's my next startup so I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit you talked about your experience at ready talk now you're at a new company and i know you invested a lot in building the culture and building your implementation at ready talk what has it been like to enter a new organization was scrum already in place was kanban in place are you how agile are you for you know, typically, if you if you look at Avaya, you know Avaya's. I think it's they're approaching twelve thousand employees now. So it's it's a big shift, and my team is very distributed. Um, I have members in Germany and Sweden, um, in the UK, in Argentina and Mexico, and then across the United States. Um, they didn't have anything like um, agile. They didn't. They didn't do it. They had weekly meetings where they just talk. They talk about stuff, and notes would be taken. Things would be done. So, I, you know, I'm working on my fifth month here, and slowly I'm starting to. You know, the idea. Everyone likes the idea of of agile, and oh wow, you know, we could use Trello or we could use Jira, um, a web-based kind of a, a Scrum Scrum software, and that's probably what we'll settle on is something like Jira. Um, but right now, it's introducing the idea. A lot of people haven't heard of it and letting them know the benefits 
So I'm doing a lot of doing a lot of organizational training within the marketing organization at Avaya. So I'm doing a lot of seminars, internal seminars on agile and in the process and the benefits we can get from it. And typically how I did it at ReadyTalk, and I think I might have mentioned this wrong, is I just did it with my team. That's how I started it. Mm-hmm. So I started it with five people and we did it and it was visible. It was a little bit easier to catch fire at ReadyTalk because we actually had a board that people would walk by and see and it'd create interest and curiosity. At, at Avaya, there is no physical board. It's, it's a website. There's, there's no kind of um, way to, to get that curiosity going of people walking around sure. it. Do you think that there's something that you're walking into it, a mistake that you could share with our listeners that you're just not going to make that mistake again, that you had at ReadyTalk that's going to save you some time as you get going at Avaya? Wow, there's a lot of mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's the you know part of doing something new is you you, you stumble down dead ends and you retreat. Really, we did at Ready Talk. We spun a lot of time and wheels trying to come up with the perfect board at the start. Um, that's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So that's one one thing. One of the biggest takeaways is just start it, do it, get it up there get it working and get feedback into the system. Don't try to start with the perfect board. And that's what we did. So we spent a whole bunch of time at ReadyTalk trying to design this perfect board with different color stickies and different color dots and swim lanes and columns and matrices. And we thought we had it all down. And then, you know, a couple of weeks into it, people were like, this is, I can't even, I don't even know what's going on in this board. It looks like a rainbow to me. I had no idea. And it didn't really serve what we were trying to do. It became something else. So I think the biggest thing I would yeah. say is let's just start it get it going, it's not going to be perfect, and get feedback into the system. The board itself at at Avaya, I mean, you've got a distributed team, but you've also got a board that sits on a whiteboard in your office with sticky notes and and 8.5x11s taped up there. How do you get that information? Are you taking pictures of it and sharing it with people, or? Sorry, so I might have have misspoke. The the board we had was at ReadyTalk. Ah, okay. Yeah, I don't have, it's a virtual board, it's JIRA. Um, or, okay. or uh, it's Jira now. And so there is what I was mentioning is at ReadyTalk, it was easier to disseminate this idea because people were walking by that board, that physical right. board every day, and they'd see it and they'd wonder, oh, what's this? What are you doing? In at at uh, Avaya, it's really just my team right now that knows we're doing Agile and there's no physical board for the rest of marketing to walk by and, and get curious about. Um, so it's not uh, quite as viral. Yeah, and I currently am using a Google Docs spreadsheet and that was kind of a legacy from previous companies when I've had distributed teams. But mm-hmm. it's funny now, what it's old is new. I kind of feel this pull because I'm in a 20-person company and most of the, my main stakeholders are all in one place other than my PR team. So I'm tempted to kind of go back to sticky notes and a whiteboard for the exact reason you just said is that people are walking by and looking at it. And it does stimulate conversation and get people to ask questions in real time about what's yeah. going on. Definitely. So I'm, I'm curious to take this in a slightly different direction. I, I don't know if you saw a recent article in at, on CMO.com about the work of Mahanbir Sanhe. He's a um, marketing leader, professor, at, I believe at the Kellogg School of Management. And he's, he's talked a lot about the challenges that marketers have implementing Agile, particularly in larger organizations. And uh, something you just said resonates pretty well um, with some of what he shared in, in this recent article. He gives the advice that it's good to start with small projects, but that also means that you're going to have to run agile projects alongside traditional water, waterfall-style projects. I'm kind of curious, is that something you've already bumped into at Avaya? Is that something you were dealing with at ReadyTalk as well? 
Um, we didn't at Right Talk. It was small enough that we 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 didn't have to do that. You know, at Right Talk, the marketing team was twenty to eighteen people, and we all we all moved to that that process. At Avaya, yeah, I am I am bumping into that quite a bit because my my marketing team is automation and operations. But there's brand, there's product, there's vertical, um, there's all these teams. I know the marketing team at Avaya is probably several hundred people to a thousand people. So yeah, there's there's people doing work streams in the typical waterfall style alongside me. Um, in my my small group doing it in kind of a, an agile style. So yeah, and in the two, what I typically found is if I'm running the project, we'll do it in an agile manner. If someone else is running the project, I'll do it in whatever manner they they decide or they deem is necessary. But um, it is something you know that that's a little bit difficult to deal with. But it's something that will it's. Um, we'll work it through with organizational knowledge, and we'll eventually get to the point where people understand when they're interacting with us, we're doing it in an agile way. And maybe agile will get traction with other groups as you as you as you have more experience there. That's the idea. Yep, that's hopefully the the nirvana. Mm-hmm. So, how do you align the the big company need for waterfall? Big companies are notorious for interlock meetings with 40 people on in various <laughs> geographies all getting together to try and get some form of, of alignment. Okay, I guess the ultimate question I'm trying to ask is how much of a marketing plan do you have and how much do you need to make it all work at Avaya? Avaya is pretty gray. There's a lot of flux right now. There's a lot of stuff going on. So what I've done is, you know, it starts very small and it's just, it's just my group with with the agile process and there are a lot of meetings you're correct and there's a lot of people on those meetings and a lot of ideas being tossed around but i think i just go back to what i said earlier if, if i'm the point on that project they'll understand that okay i'm gonna i'm gonna digest the the project needs i'm gonna go back with my team i'm gonna break it up into its iterative tasks i'll come back to the group and I'll say, okay, these are the, the iterative tasks. These are the individual discrete tasks that we've broken this project up into. Here, group, does this look right? They buy off, okay. Now there's bought, there's buy off on that. Now we're going to work through these in an agile manner. Um, A lot of times my experience has been there's this meeting every two weeks, which is the massive interlocked spreadsheet, which people go cell by cell by cell through it to kind of make sure everyone's aligned. It's the not agile, it's not a scrum, but it's the only way that bigger companies are able to keep everyone aligned is having this mega spreadsheet with mm-hmm. 400 cells in it that mm-hmm. has everything. And that's just, it's created once every six months. And I'm speaking again, hyperbolically, yeah. but my experience is in that spreadsheets is as waterfall as waterfall can be. Yep. How do you align the fact that a lot of your process, you just don't know what you don't know until you're into it, and that's the yep. basic assumption you're working off of, versus the big company, which it just many folks, especially the, the senior most people in these bigger companies, come from waterfall land, and waterfall land kind of protects the weaker members of the team, and it also keeps the established order in order. It's a great point. You know, and, and recently what I've been doing with that massive spreadsheet where I'm leading a group and I'm in charge of every two weeks that I have to Hey Mike, come fill fill out your spreadsheet um, because we're going over it tomorrow. So make sure it's up, to, make sure it's up to date. And yes, what I do, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So what I've been doing, and this is just recently started. What I do now is I've been taking the link from Jira and I copy it into the spreadsheet, and I say, "There's my there's my update. Awesome. The link's never never going to change. I'm never going to look at the spreadsheet again until I put in a new project link." <laughs> And when we go over, when we get to my part, we're going to click on that link. We're going to go to Jira, and I'll walk you through what's being done. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's a good, I love that. I love that. I love that approach as well. I mean, it's kind of forced people into your your model. I mean, look, you have the information they're looking for at the exactly. end of the day. 
Yeah. Um, great. Well, we're starting to run up against it for time. So what I was wondering, uh, I think I wanted to do just for our listeners to give them a little bit of information is kind of summarize some of the points you made today, because I thought you made a lot of really great ones. First of all, as a marketer, we can't be quite so dogmatic as, say, a developers would be. We don't work off of the traditional release cycles that developers often work off of. Now, I'm open source developers and people in continuous integration environments would maybe argue counter to that in modern DevOps operations. But it's, it is true. Traditionally, mark, uh, software developers and, and product side people do work off of releases and then dot releases in a more traditional, I'm going to do something for two months and then it's done. Whereas in marketing, we have this kind of continuous, we're always, our website's always on, we're always getting leads, we're always trying to continuously improve what we're doing. The idea of the, your scrum Scrum bond board being in a public place. People can come to the board, the CEO, someone comes to you with a higher priority that you'd have to move. You make people help you make that trade-off and then make sure all the stakeholders are aware of that trade-off. I really love that part of it. I tend to do that trade-off myself, which doesn't get me burned because I generally am aware of the priorities. But as my organization gets bigger, I think I'll definitely have to take that bar, that idea, and drag people over there. In theory, I always talk about doing that, but uh, I I have to say I'm sometimes lazy about trying to do that. Um, Sizing is imperfect. I think that's most of the marketers we've talked to on this podcast will tell you roughly the same thing. We marketers aren't as dogmatic about sizing tasks and worry about velocity as many of my developer brethren are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what you've seen is the ability to knock down silos and keep people aligned. And then perfection is the enemy of agile to some degree. That once upon a time, you guys tried to be a bit more perfect when you're putting your board together, but you, your advice to people is really just just do it. Just get going because you're not going to get to perfect. And as you approach perfect, it maybe makes it a bit more difficult for people to understand. Anything else I missed in there? No, I think you you brought up some great points. I think one of the things I would touch on is that trade-off, that priority trade-off. The reason why we did it that way is because it's really unfair for someone to make that. Usually what happens in a typical organization is um, you're at your desk working, someone will come up and say, hey, can you do this for me? Um, and right there, you're, you're, you're doing that in your mind. You're making the trade-off in your mind. Um, and usually if you're friends with the person, yeah, you do it. And you, bump, and you bump someone else and you don't tell that person you bumped. Or if you don't like the person, you say no and you, you continue on doing what you're doing. And that's just unfair to the whole organization, really. It, it's unfair to the person making that call. It's unfair to the person that re- requested that. And it's unfair to the organization as a whole because the organization should be the priority and what's best for the organization. So I think it's a really salient point. Great. Well, Mike, thank you for joining us today. Roland, as always, it's great to catch up. For our listeners out there, again, you can find the Marketing Agility Podcast on iTunes. Thank you for joining us today and please stay agile.